0: Wants it to first. The Rams are world champions.
1: The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are
0: back to back, Stanley Cup champions. Well, the day that you've all been waiting for. It is National Prune Day. And it's also the Ernie L's episode of For Future Considerations. My name is Matt. John and yeah. Manny are here as well.
1: Boys, how are we doing this week? Good. For me, every day is National Prune Day.
0: No kidding. I, I was gonna I was gonna mention this is a, a big day for you overall. It's also Smile Power Day, and I don't know anybody that <laughs> smiles more than John Rashad.
1: <laughs> oh my god. right. <laughs> Always tu- launching diabolical plans and smiling. It's funny because Tuesday
2: was Monkey Around Day, and that reminded me of John Rashad. So, uh huh, Prune Day <laughs> and Monkey Around Day, <laughs> and
0: Sunday is National Turkey Lovers Day, and oh. John has his beautiful bride make him a full turkey dinner three times a week.
2: <laughs> it's this perfect is your timing. Week, John.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great week. timing
2: because he eats turkey on the one day, leftovers the next, brand new turkey on the third day, yep. leftovers the next, and the cycle goes until he eats pizza on the seventh day.
0: <laughs> Just to or cleanse the body. Or we here?
2: Yeah. <laughs> He'll make the drive to Arby's. That's right. Two hours away. <laughs> Oh, well, this man. is a big week for you, John.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's exciting.
2: <laughs> By the way, Rashad, you've been quiet so far. You didn't pump up us up in the chat? Did you win the triple crown
1: or not? Mo no. Donegal, mm.
2: Belmont Stakes. No, we did, didn't
1: No, we didn't pick Mo Donegal actually.
2: Oh, oh yeah, the streak no.
1: has been broken.
0: It's so close.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. You
2: won Uh, the first two races, including the long shot at the Derby.
1: Yep. And then you choked it off at the Belmont. (laughs) Yep. You can't run the long distances. What can I say?
2: (laughs) And you couldn't finish the job. Something your wife is used to.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) Long durations. Never anything you've been good at.
1: (laughs) hey jill want to watch a 40 45 minute movie <laughs> john
2: we kid we know that you're a stud you're a million dollar prized horse brother
1: <laughs> that's right i have excellent blood lines.
2: who did you have manny who did you bet oh my god my guy wasn't even close are you kidding me who did you pick <laughs> I had Mo Donegal. No, you didn't. Did you didn't. really? Yep.
0: I got the, I picked the winner.
2: What? Wow, you what didn't did you even win? pump up the chat.
0: Look, I mean, it's, it's horse racing. I, I'm an expert. <laughs> no, you're not. Day in the office.
2: <laughs> You've won one out of three races. Rashad's won two. <laughs> but I won the last one. That's the most important i i went i went back to rich strike because he oh, won the Derby. that was oh oh and, come and that, on and that was disappointing what did he finish like sixth or something yeah uh, i thought
0: it was ninth out of eight horses
2: <laughs> yeah he had a bad race it was a bad race
0: I don't know why they even bothered putting that one back in there. uh, And even when they were talking afterwards that that was always the plan, they were going to skip the Preakness and go to the Belmont. Dude, you won the Kentucky Derby. This is like Jerry Seinfeld winning a race in in track in the high school because the gun went off, and now he decided not to race (laughs) ever again so that no one would realize that he actually sucked.
1: (laughs) Hi. Yeah, it's true. When you're the longest shot in history and you win, you don't need to run another race. Just let everyone Go talk home. about you. Let the legend grow and be done with it.
0: <laughs> Go yeah. home, forget yeah. it.
1: I was wondering now. Does that mean that um, his chances at breeding now drop significantly?
0: Yeah, that's that's what I think too. And I thought that was no. the reason behind them pulling him out of the Preakness. Like, guy, you you were eighty to one and won the Kentucky Derby. Now you're. On your season, you finished first and sixth. Nobody cares about that.
1: Yeah. He
2: still, people will still care that he won the Derby. He'll be fine. They'll make their money.
0: I think they held on a little. They should have sold right away. And they held on. They thought, wouldn't it be amazing if he won it again? And he pooped in their face. And I mean, <laughs> we're talking about this guy. This horse is now worth $120 million and not uh, $190 million. Well, you know, but I think that was a poor call. You take your money and run. He's going to be fine. You don't worry about it. It's like trying to buy into Bitcoin now.
1: You know what? I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to bring up crypto. (laughs) Rashad, how much money you've made in crypto? Oh, God. (laughs) I think I might be in the negatives now. I stopped looking. Keep betting on the ponies, buddy. Keep
2: betting on the ponies.
1: Yeah. Did the auto shop take
0: that when you were trying to buy the new tires? <laughs>
2: oh, man. Can I pay in crypto? <laughs> it's better than what he tried to pay in last year, buttons off his shirt. So. <laughs> it was lube job, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been quite a week. <laughs> For the Windsor Spitfires, who are getting set to battle the Hamilton Bulldogs in Game 7 of the Ontario Hockey League Championship to not only win the OHL title, but advance to the Memorial Cup.
0: Yeah, three other teams already there the St. John Sea Dogs, who are the host, the Shawinigan Cataracts of the Quebec Champions, and the Edmonton Oil Kings
2: from the dub. And the most outstanding player award winner in the OHL, our guest on the last episode. If you missed it, go back, listen to episode 130, and listen to our chat with Wyatt Johnston, the future Dallas Stars
1: forward. And we will have another OHL-themed guest on the OT this week, but first, let's debate. <laughs> Steven Stamkos and the Tampa Bay Lightning are going back to the Stanley Cup final. Stamkos scored both goals for Tampa Bay in the Game 6 victory over the Rangers to book their ticket to the NHL final. The two-time defending champs will face Colorado beginning on Wednesday night. Now, we did a Twitter poll and 60% of the respondents picked the Avalanche to end the Lightning's run. Let's talk about your picks for the final, guys.
0: Yeah, I think this is the series we probably all wanted to see in, in some sense. Uh, you know, the, the champs have got to go all the way back again, and, and the best team, we think, uh, well-rounded team in, in the NHL and maybe one of the better teams. In the salary cap era, uh, in Colorado, are, are going to have the the last swing at, at knocking them off. Uh, injuries play into this for sure. Braden Point should be back at some at some point in the series. Uh, Nazim Kadri will be back as well. Darcy Kemper should be ready to go for the uh, the start of the series for Colorado, which makes a big difference too. Um, for me, I, I, this is going to come down to a little more playoff experience than anything else. Um, Tampa Bay's road this year was a lot tougher than Colorado's. And, and even Colorado's series disarming Seidel uh, and, and Connor McDavid ended up being a, a shootout most of the time with 8-6 finals and 6-4 finals and, and all of that. Um, I think the, the, the advantage that the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have in this series is Vasilevsky. I think he's the best goaltender on the planet. He's better than Darcy Kemper or whoever the other guy was. I don't remember his name. But, and, but I think Colorado is deeper overall as far as, as skill level. Um, I'm going to take Colorado in seven, and, uh, and and I think this is going to be a hell of a series.
1: I'm going to take Tampa Bay in seven, just because I picked Tampa Bay way back at the beginning. I did waiver, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay.
2: Well, I, I had Colorado at the beginning, right? So I'm not going to change my pick just now, but I, I said last Two, show, two weeks ago in the debate that I was really scared about Tampa Bay. I've been waiting for them to run out of gas, and they haven't run out of gas. They've won 11 straight playoff series now. Is That's mind-blowing. 11 straight playoff series. It's unbelievable to me, but I, Matt makes some great points. Vasilevsky's definitely the best goaltender, so Tampa Bay has an edge there. How about the other storylines in the series, though? You mentioned Point and Cadre, Matt, but McKinnon versus Kucherov, and how many times are people going to talk about Makar against Hedman? Like, mm-hmm. talk about a beauty matchup there. Um, I'm still think Tampa Bay is going to run out of gas sooner rather than later, so I am going to suggest that Collar wins in six.
1: Now we got this question from Marco in Scarborough. Which playoffs have been more entertaining, the NHL playoffs or the NBA playoffs?
2: Oh, it's no doubt the NHL playoffs. Like even the 8-6 Tampa, or excuse me, Colorado-Edmonton game was way more exciting, even though there was 14 goals in a hockey game. That game was just exciting. Uh, The other games between... Edmonton and Colorado, basically came down to the wire. The Rangers-Tampa Bay series, like Tampa Bay scoring, Andre Palat scoring game winners in the final minute or two minutes of a hockey game. That's exciting. Yes, the NBA Finals have had Game 7s, but for the most part, they've been blowouts. And the first five games in the NBA Finals have all been decided by double digits. It's the NHL playoffs for me, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, anytime I've only watched a little bit of the NBA playoffs, but like you said, a lot of times when I've tuned in, it's been 20, 25 point separations between the two teams playing and, and, Uh, you're going, oh, I'm not going to hang around and see if this gets interesting. And then, like you said, how many Game 7s have we had? And it's been a really, really, I mean, some of the goaltending hasn't been so great in the playoffs in the NHL, but uh, it's made for a lot of scoring and a lot of excitement, that's for sure. So, yeah, I'm definitely thinking it's the NHL playoffs as well. It's been a while since we've said this, but uh, it seems like the NHL stock is rising. Even in the U.S., they're talking about how good the NHL playoffs have been.
0: You guys are crazy. Oh, my God. You can't even defend this. You I totally agree with you. I'm just this. saying you guys are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> something else just popped in my head. I realized these guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of May, there was an article that was out in The Athletic, and, and they were talking about how the NBA has a competitive problem. And, sure, this is early in the playoffs, so we're talking about the one eights and the 2-7s and, and all of that stuff in, in playoff format. Uh, On May 26th, by that point, the average margin of victory in a a playoff basketball game was 19.8 points. In the NBA Finals, the Finals differences in winning deficit has been 12, 19, 16, 10, and 10. There has not been a single-digit victory in the NBA Finals, and this is a series that is 3-2. So again, complete confusion from me as how one team can win by 16 on their home court and lose the next game on the road by 19 it's a like a 30 something point swing in in one game against the two teams just in different places uh, you know the the nba it, for for casual fans and i'm not even a fan It's the last two minutes that really matter in in an NBA game that's worth watching. They take 18 minutes to watch. And in the playoffs, it's pretty clear none of these games are actually that exciting at the end. Where in the NHL, just for the conference finals, random games all the way through, goal differential, one, two, three, one in overtime, one, two, one. Guys, I mean, it's not even close. The college, the Women's College World Series or whatever's going on right now is more exciting. You should, some of the plays that we're posting, that's an exciting tournament. You got girls making a catch at the wall, pulling back a two-run homer in a 2 nothing game. That's more exciting than whatever the NBA is putting out.
2: It's terrible. Further to, to my point about everybody loves Game 7s, right? Like Game 7, the two most exciting words in sports. Game 7, right? The Bucks beat the Celtics way back then, 109 to 81. <laughs> Dallas beat Phoenix 123 to 90 in a game seven. So, Matt, if you're watching the final two minutes of a basketball game, you yeah. click it on, see the score, and you turn it off right away because the game is over. But further yeah. to John's point, everybody on ESPN, on ESPN radio, which rarely talks about hockey is talking about the NHL playoffs because of how exciting it is. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest,
0: I have goofball. Unbelievable.
1: My God. Oh, wow! More hockey talk in a moment, but now it's time for our play of the week. We had a hockey play and three baseball plays on our social media poll, and the hockey play won out. Beaver slap goes instead to Jack Guy. Now to Morrison at the The Bulldogs were going to
2: jump up. Now Johnston alone scores! How about that swing? Johnston puts the spits
1: up 2-1. Windsor Spitfires goalie Matt Onishka makes an incredible goal line save to rob Hamilton of a goal that eventually led to a Wyatt Johnson goal the other way. And that was our play of the week.
2: That was a heck of a play. The, The plays were really good. I actually didn't vote for the hockey play. I voted for one of the baseball catches from Jada Coleman at the wall, who was fantastic. And uh, wow, that's that's the one I voted for too. And I, Ref Snyder made a great diving catch too. I was debating that one as well on one of the plays. So Matt Anishka was a junior B goalie, right, Matt? Like, how many times did you see him in the junior B league? We didn't get to see him much, um, thankfully. (laughs) But, yeah,
0: it's been quite a year for him. It really has been one of the impressive stories for the Spitfires.
2: And the Spitfires play Game 7 Wednesday night, the day that we release this episode. Good luck to them. Our Play of the Week brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And as always, you can vote on the Play of the Week.
0: I mean, it's not ours. You guys decide this. We're just telling you what happened, so uh, make sure that you remember to vote on next week's poll. We're going to post the options every Monday on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Podcast FFC is where you can vote. And don't forget, wherever you're listening on whatever podcast platform you are, give us a five-star review, and John will send you a shirtless photo of himself covered in gravy.
2: Wouldn't that be fantastic? (laughs) Eaten with a turkey drumstick, right? With the turkey drumstick?
1: drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> one of those giant ones you get at Canada's Wonderland. Have you ever seen those? The size of my head?
2: Isn't that what Jill makes you with the turkey? The big turkey, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you got the turkey that the, the size of the one that Mr. Bean gets his head stuck in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now let's talk some golf. We talked about the live tour a bit in last week's show and the Saudi funded golf invitational played its first event on the weekend and Carl Schwartzel won the first event and $4 million dollars. Rory McIlroy took home 1.5 million for winning the RBC Canadian Open. This weekend also marks the U.S. Open, and the players on the Live Tour can play because they already had qualified. But the PGA has suspended 17 players from other PGA-sanctioned events. We got a few questions from listeners wondering if these suspensions go far enough. What are your guys' thoughts?
2: I think the PGA's got a problem. Just as I mentioned last week, they're going to have to come up with a penalty. What they decided since we aired last week's debate is this suspension. But just as with the U.S. Open, the majors are controlled by the specific tournament clubs, not the PGA. So these live tour players can play in the U.S. Open. They'll be able to play in the Masters. They'll be able to play in the British Open. So there's a big problem that the PGA has to come up with. And guys, I don't think the suspensions go far enough here.
1: Yeah, I heard a rumor actually just on something I was listening to today, as a matter of fact, that the PGA is considering talking to sponsors of some of the majors because they're allowed to invite players in. And they're trying to talk to some of the sponsors and say, we don't want you inviting anyone from the live tour into any of our majors. So we'll see how that turns out.
2: Yeah, the sponsor
0: exemption, right? I really still don't understand this story. I, I haven't read a ton on it. I really don't get it. What obligation do the players have to the PGA that they can't play in other tournaments, in other leagues or whatever you're, you're calling this around the world? The PGA can suspend them all they want. Look, all these guys basically have left the PGA for the money. I think yep. that's pretty clear. The, the Canadian Open is not a major by any stretch, but there is a big difference in the the purse of what these people are, players are taking home. Now, is do I think the Live Tour is uh, is a, a viable option for golf uh, moving forward? I, I don't know enough about it. Does the PGA have the sanction or the the ability to patrol where these guys play? Uh, I I truly don't know. But if you're going to suspend them from events, but they're still allowed to come and play the only important events in your tour, I mean, you know, the the guys that are are playing these big ones, I mean, Phil Mickelson plays some of these little tours or little events before majors as a tune-up. So he's just going to play in these other ones for more money as his tune up to then come back. Like I like the idea of the rivalry and I'm, I'm starting to come a little bit behind on enjoying the like divide between the players of the PGA and, and the live tour, but I really don't care. I mean, if you, if you want to go over to the Saudi Arabia league and make more money to play in their tour and you still can come back and play in the only real important ones over here. It's, to me, it's, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what what the what the loss is for some of these guys for leaving.
1: I think it'll be interesting too that the live tour has a uh, stop coming up in Boston. I think it's this weekend. I'm interested to see what the fans in Boston do. Will people come out and support this new tour, or will they turn up their nose at it because it's so controversial
0: and, and that's just it is like i mean if the protest is against the fact that it's saudi arabian and and that's what we're standing against for sure there'll be a ton of protest if you tell you know if you're asking the average and i don't know any massive golf fans like pga or or the else you know if you got a chance to go see phil mickelson play live and would, would you go I and mean, if you're a golf guy I don't know. I don't think that anybody really carries the bias. They obviously don't like the Saudi Arabia angle, but Dustin Johnson's playing and you like golf and he's in your town. Would you go see him?
2: Yeah. Like I don't think Phil Mickelson's much of a draw anymore. I think he was plus 10 in the first live tour. But the only way that that tour doesn't succeed is if the people blacklist the golfers who join the live tour because of the human rights record of the Saudi Arabian government. Mm-hmm. The the only other way is the competition, the level of competition on the Live Tour. Right now, they've got some big names because they have used the money. Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, a washed-up Phil Mickelson. But if the competition level on the PGA Tour stays solid, then the PGA can win out here. And that's why I think the PGA needs to come over the top with more sanctions to stop players and the high level of competition from leaving the PGA for the money. Like Schwartzel won $4 million, Rory McElroy and the next four golfers won a total of $4 million. Not just one guy who won $4 million on the live mm. tour. That's the big difference financially there. But if the level of competition is going to be poor in the Lip tour, then the PGA tour can succeed.
0: And, and the problem with the PGA tour, and like you said, they, they can suspend these guys and it's going to be their job to keep these, these good players uh, or the, you know, the, the deeper field uh, with, with the PGA, but you're also going to have to do something for these guys. I mean, they're, they're obviously for the majority of it coming out and saying they play for the love of the game and, and they're against the Saudi Arabian uh, uh, government and, and all of that for sure. So if that's what you're just going to be harping on is that, Hey, we're not the Saudi Arabian government stay and play here. I mean, how many guys are you going to continue to take and how many younger kids coming up are going to choose? I mean, everybody, I guess, should have a choice. Uh, nobody's ever decided that the only play place you can play professional golf is in the PGA. I just don't think there'd been a, the money behind it. Um, Will we be talking about the Live Tour in ten years? I don't think so. But you uh, know, if you're going to go over there and they're going to promise you all this, all this money, and you're okay with playing under that umbrella, I don't think these suspensions affect any of those players one bit.
1: I'm interested to see too. Will the Live Tour get a TV contract in North America? Because I think that will have a lot to do with whether or not they survive uh, ten years, like you said, Matt. Like, will Fox eventually decide? Hey, you know what? They've been around a couple of years. Let's throw them on American TV and see what people think.
2: But it, it, it's not it's not regular TV. We're talking about streaming channels, like right, as Apple. Now, yeah, yeah. Will we? Will Apple TV carry the Live Tour, for example? Apple just signed a deal with Major League Soccer, Matt's yeah. favorite MLS, for ten years, where they're going to stream every single game. Um, but well, then, at least
0: I know I'll sleep well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Apple TV, do they wanna do they wanna be connected with a government that has a bad human rights record? Again, that's what's going. In my opinion, the level of competition and then the blacklisted uh, of the live tour will sort of decide its success or not.
1: Do you know what I find interesting about it too with the live tour is I love that it takes a Saudi Arabian golf tour to make the PGA look good. They didn't allow black players until relatively recently in golf (laughs) in its history. Women aren't allowed into a lot of clubhouses even today. And yet here we are like, well, we got to stand up for the rights of everybody. Come on. (laughs)
2: The PGA never said much of anything when, uh, when some of the clubs at these big tournaments sanctioned, or operated by the clubs didn't allow women like the pga distance itself they said oh it's not our event yeah it's their event it's not our yeah. event now all of a sudden they're the good guys
1: that's it's a right. good point And now it's time for Rapid Fire. We're going to start with some coaching topics. First, the Las Vegas Golden Knights are hiring former Boston Bruins coach Bruce Cassidy as their new NHL bench boss. What do you guys think of that move? Uh,
2: I, I like the move for them, actually. Um, Cassidy's six seasons with the Boston Bruins. Um, had played with some talented players, coached some talented players, I should say. So he seems to have a record of... Uh, being able to coach some talent and Vegas does have some talent. Eichel, Stone, um, Petrangelo, Pacharetti. So I-, I think he knows how to handle some big names. Um, so I think it's a good move. He had 245 wins overall as a record as a coach in the NHL. Six straight playoff appearances with the Bruins. I think it's a good hire for Vegas.
1: Yeah, I agree. I like that move, too.
0: He's only six uh, six days uh, in between when he was fired and when he was hired. So Vegas, Vegas had their eye out there for sure. I'm, I'm sure they knew that was coming. The only thing that I will bring against Bruce Cassidy is, and Manny, you mentioned the record, uh, and that's all well and good, but you've got to go a little bit deeper than that. 36 and 37 is his coaching record in the playoffs with the Bruins. He went to the Stanley Cup once, and that was the only time that he got past the second round. This is a, a franchise that is obviously uh, expecting massive things all the time, considering they've been through more head coaches in the last couple of years than probably half of the NHL. Uh, so uh, Bruce Cassidy is probably the more veteran and most experienced one that you can get out of the list. Uh, this is clearly just uh, you know, a, a mark that, that trots is not going to be going to Vegas or wasn't interested in it. And and that, that is what it is. So uh do you get the you got the next best veteran coach, but this veteran coach has not had a lot of playoff success, and that's clearly all Vegas is looking at right now.
2: It's gonna be a short window, right? A short leash for Cassidy, because I think Vegas's window is pretty tight now. Sure like is Pacioretty and Stone are getting up in age, for example. They were both plagued by injuries. Um, you know, Eichel is younger, but he too has been plagued by injury. You know, I don't I don't know what the term is
1: on the deal for Cassidy, but I think he's not going to have long to prove himself. And this coaching question is from Baseball, and it's a question from Mark in Burlington. After White Sox fans chanted fire Tony in a game after Tony La Russa intentionally walked Trey Turner when they had two strikes on him, only to see Max Muncie follow with a three-run homer, Mark wants to know, do we think La Russa should be fired? Or will be fired, I should say.
0: I think this was a terrible hire from day one. Uh, He was 76. Or 75 when he was hired. He's a buddy of the owner. And in the press conference, the owner's conversation was basically like Tony LaRusa was the one that got away, and now we've got a chance to get back to him. Look, I love the Chicago White Sox hire of Tony LaRusa because it got the Tigers A.J. Hinch. And I think A.J. Hinch has done a better job in Detroit than Tony LaRusa has done in Chicago, results oriented. You know, there are 28 and 21 at the time that we record this. There's six games out of a division that I think everybody that looked into Major League Baseball at the beginning of the year said, this is probably one of the more distanced uh final, uh, you know, first place, second place teams. They obviously have been banged up, just like everybody else. They've had some pitching problems at the beginning of their season, for sure. I, I, I can't... I never understood this higher I don't know why he's still there he's he's a guy to me that is is the definition of ruining a really good team so I don't think there's any sort of chemistry there whatsoever I can't imagine what he brings personality rise in the room with a bunch of young players uh, you know they've got some real young exciting players in in that lineup uh, He just seems like a miserable old man when he sits in the dugout there and he's making these you know uh, judge the call for what it is he he took a risk if it works he looks great if it doesn't work he looks like an idiot you know earlier in the week as well he had Dylan Cease through 45 pitches in the 5th inning of a game before they went out and pulled him i mean i i, I start to question whether it's all there for Tony La Russa. Uh, this was a weird weird hire from the start but he's the owner's buddy so he's not going anywhere anytime soon i was
2: with you Matt. like i i i think this is a this was a terrible hire um, you make a great point. You look at the best players on the White Sox, and they're all young players. How can they relate to a 70 something year old manager who was out of the game? They actually, completely. he was out of the game, and they actually brought him back. And if anything, baseball's trying to get younger, look for better ways to improve the game. Um, and I don't know if Tony La Russa does that. The White Sox are three games below 500, third place in their division, six games back of the Twins at the time of this recording, three games out of a wild card spot. Like, I think he may get fired before the year is out. Like, I think he's really going to get fired this year because if the White Sox don't make the playoffs, this is a disaster season for them.
0: And let's remember that uh, Renteria, who was the manager for the White Sox beforehand, was a nominee for American League Manager of the Year and got fired by the White Sox to bring in Tony La Russa, who legitimately could be an eighth of this team's grandfather. Made no (laughs) sense. No sense. It still doesn't. He has not done a single thing to make that team better.
2: And the post-game press conferences that he's been holding have been very awkward and bizarre. Like he's always Trey been Turner, that way. That Trey Turner thing, John, that you talked about, and he was questioned why he would walk a guy, he was puzzled that the question was even asked. Yeah. He's like, there was no debt on my mind. There's nothing wrong with that. Why pitch to him in the first place?
0: Yeah. Well, it got to one and two, right? And the the yeah. it was 0 and two. One and two on a wild pitch that moved a runner to second. So he's looking at Trey Turner thinking, oh, first base is open. I'll just give him first base. But it's one and two. Yeah, it's a one and two
1: count. And this next question is one that I'm particularly interested in. Paul in St. Catharines is asking why we haven't talked about the CFL and he wants our Grey Cup picks. Guys, what do you think?
0: I didn't even know the CFL started yet. (laughs) <laughs> I, I hadn't even known
2: Hey, we post. Uh, it was almost a play of the week Nominee So it
0: finished fifth oh.
2: <laughs> Yes oh. <laughs>
1: Because what, what, what.
0: <laughs> It only made the It only made the shortlist because Manny ran into the guy Later when he served him <laughs> ice cream at Dairy Queen
2: <laughs> I ran into him in Hamilton At the Salvation Army Food Bank
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
2: Well, John, you're uh, the CFL expert. Who's gonna yeah, win? You it? kick us
0: off here, John, because uh, obviously we're we're gonna lose that sponsorship.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's gonna be the Argos in the East. Um, Phillips is looking like a uh, a great receiver right now. And then in the West, obviously it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, as it has been for the past uh, three seasons. Zach Caleros is already looking really good as their quarterback. Um, BC looked really good in the first game of the season and everybody in Vancouver is saying, oh, wow, they're going to be the class of the league this year, this new young quarterback of ours. But the only thing is, is uh, they were playing the Edmonton Elks who are absolutely terrible. So, Let's not, uh, let's not be crowning the BC Lions just yet. They're uh, they're having a great uh, little week in BC with everybody celebrating, but uh, they're going to come back down to earth when they play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, for example, and uh, they're playing them on July 9th. So that's going to be where the, my BC Lions face their first real test, I think.
2: Who's the guy Listen, that John, had four touchdowns from mind. the BC Lions? <laughs> Who's the guy who had four touchdowns on the weekend from the BC Lions?
1: Uh, hang on. Uh, Nathan Rourke is the quarterback, and then the um, oh God, was it James it was, Butler? Yeah, it was Butler. Um, he he had four <laughs> touchdowns in the one game, and that was uh, that passed his output of last season. He passed that in the first quarter of the game. <laughs> he had Amazing a rough year last year! Wow, <laughs> it looked like they were playing catch, really.
2: The Blue Bombers are my team. They're my CFL team. Picked them last year. I'm going with them again. Let's go, Bombers.
0: (laughs) You guys are out of your mind. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) You guys have totally forgot about the performance that Cody Vajardo put on in week one. (laughs) 311 passing yards, no interceptions, a 70, nearly 70% accuracy, which is incredible. Shaq Evans on one side, you got Jamal Morrow in the backfield. I'm crazy about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who are hosting the Grey Cup this year. And every time the host gets to go to the Grey Cup, they win, except for the last year.
2: Except for the last year. Okay, you're not going with the Tiger Cats again. Uh, Listen, I Greg, am not. Greg Ellingson is an amazing addition for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's a tremendous wide receiver. He's going to lead the team with reigning most outstanding player, Zach Caleros. It's not even close, boys. The Bombers are going to bomb the West and defeat anyone that comes out of the east.
0: Look, I don't wow, know that's pretty good. A, I don't know a more formidable front four not just in the CFL. I'm talking CFL, NFL, AFL, all of it. Robin Ster- Robertson, Marino, Lanier, and Leonard up front. You got Marshall and Locomumbo or something close to that on the, as a on the corner. That defense in Saskatchewan is colder than the weather out there, boys. You're not getting past these guys. I, they might run the table this year. I I don't know. They could run the table. This Come kid on. Is Fajaro. I, I got to find out how to say this kid's name. He's going to be wow. in the NFL probably next year, starting for the Kansas City Chiefs because they're going to be like you know what. We're kind of done with this Mahomes guy. He's done enough for us. Bring in
2: Fajardo because this guy is the the true future franchise quarterback. Not even close. The defensive core for the Blue Bombers with Adam Big Hill and Willie Jefferson, they're going to dominate Saskatchewan and anyone else that tries to go through that line. Look, I know this is rapid fire, John. But listen,
0: when you're looking at a kicker-punter combo of Lothier and Vedvik, uh, You're going to the kickers? Game,
2: Come half on. the game
0: half the game in the CFL is won or lost by a field goal or a missed field goal where you get a point because you caught the ball. So I mean this is this is huge. These are points getting left on the field. The blue bar here goes. Here goes Manny. We can't even get into the CFL, and Manny can't pick the most popular team that's predicted by everybody to win. Here, here's a real uh, goes with the Colorado Avalanche. Goes out on a limb again and picks the two-time Grey Cup champions as his favorite CFL team. Go a little deeper, Manny. Look at the teams. Look at Clark at the center post of the Saskatchewan offensive line. Vaughn on one side protecting him. Rogers on the other. These guys. This is like if you were to put an all cfl team together they may as well all just be wearing green and white because here they are the 2022 saskatchewan rough riders go go rough riders
2: (laughs) listen zach calaris is going to make them look like they're playing flag football not even tackle football give me a break Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine, they're going to be huge X-Faxers on the way for the Bombers to three-peat as CFL champions. Take that to the bank. Yeah, I'm a front-runner, but when you're the best and no one can beat the best, who else is going to beat you? They could even beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Come up north. We'll take on all comers. Let's go, Bombers.
1: Okay, can I ask? How many tabs do each of you have open right now? <laughs> I have I what have are you talking up. about, John? I've got two.
0: Um, I've got I just pulled up the coaching staff <laughs> to see if I recognized somebody there, but I didn't. Or I'd have thrown that right in Manny's face. I guess.
2: <laughs> you went to I the guess. kickers. That's the I best one part. Where, you went I got one with the CFL schedule on you, <laughs> You ran out of guys. You didn't know that you
0: went to the kickers. Oh, That's you were amazing. you were a hey, let's let's all pretend that Manny wasn't horny as hell about that uh, Bengals kicker uh, in the playoffs last year. All year, Bengals would uh, oh we got uh, this guy, we got we got this guy at quarterback, Joe Burrow, who probably couldn't make the Rough Riders roster. It's so deep a quarterback <laughs> right now, and uh, I'm like I can These guys are great. They're going to Manny first thing. Oh, what about that kicker? Look at that that kicker. Now we can't talk about the kickers.
1: (laughs) You know what I loved on Saturday night? I just went back to our chat. 1032, John Rashad. So we're all watching the BC Lions opener right now, right? Touchdown in the first possession of the year. We're going to take this. or We're going to run the table, baby. Whoop, whoop. 1153. I message again. No one has responded. The Lions are on pace to score 84 points in this game. Again, no one responds. Next day at 1.16 p.m., Manny replies. <laughs> so we were a little bit
2: busy on a Saturday night, Rashad, not watching the CFL. That's because the Bombers weren't playing. That's oh, the sorry. only reason. <laughs>
0: You know what? Uh, I've already got circled on the calendar. I don't know what you guys are doing Saturday, July 2nd. Montreal at Saskatchewan, maybe the game of the year. And we'll be watching it in Manny's pool. I'll probably hit my head on the bottom of the pool and just (laughs) falling in like Frank the Tank getting shot in the neck with a tranquilizer gun. But we're going to be watching CFL all night. Dance into the Post Malone song we're about to play and the whole th- the whole thing, Rashad. Come on down and see us.
1: <laughs> I have it on my calendar. I'm very excited for it. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. As Matt says, here is this week's Pump It or Dump It submission from Warren in Windsor. Warren! I'm about to pull song is called cooped up by post malone and roddy rich so boys pump it or dump it
2: this is a banger boys (laughs) this is a banger we might be playing this over and over on cfl sunday at manny's pool party (laughs) (laughs) it's saturday manny they play on saturday (laughs) see i'm already too excited (laughs)
0: Oh, wait, week four, they also play Thursday, one game Thursday, one game Friday, one game Saturday, and one game Monday.
2: That'll make a lot of sense for scheduling.
1: Listen, uh, Friday Friday's the big night in the CFL,
2: though. Oh, so it's going to be a CFL weekend, Matt, poolside. <laughs> so
0: we got the Edmonton Elks and the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Friday. We've got Montreal, Saskatchewan on Saturday. Boys. <laughs> Come on. We don't even need a summer road trip this year. This this is it right here.
1: <laughs> I'm predicting that Hamilton game, Hamilton's going to be, that'll be an ass kicking. And then the uh, Montreal-Saskatchewan game will be a little more competitive, I think.
2: Side bet, whoever loses gets thrown in the pool. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> hey, are we playing this song? I, I'm saying we're pumping this song all weekend. This is a pretty good jam.
1: Uh, see, I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of mellow. And... Post Malone setting a, he's, yeah, it didn't, it didn't grab me. And then also Post Malone smoking in the video. Come on. What kind of an example are you setting for the youth of today?
0: Terrible. I think I know Warren and Windsor. That would have sent this in. And I'm actually surprised that this would be Warren's kind of music because I saw him at one of the Spitz games in the playoffs and uh, when they were in in game four, or whatever game it was that it, it had gone on the on the Friday. He didn't seem like a post Malone guy. But Warren, you hit on one here. This is a great song. This is I, I could not tell you four words that this guy says in the in the song but i can certainly change my voice in the mumbling uh, that he will do as well to sing along enough fish so yes this might be I, I might go on a limb and say this could be a saskatchewan rough riders victory song this year because we're going to be hearing it a whole hell of a lot <laughs> we're bumping it boys that is
2: a full pump
1: And that does it for another debate on rapid fire.
2: Awesome stuff. That song's three turkey legs, right, Rashad? That's worth three turkey legs.
1: <laughs> is that how
0: we uh, we grade songs now? Is the <laughs> is the meal size?
2: It's it's Turkey Week now, right? So it's Rashad's Turkey Week. <laughs> we are not done yet, right? We've got more to go, boys. You thought this show was a banger? We got another one. We
0: sure do. We've got the OT coming up. That's going to be on Friday, and we have a very special guest.
1: Yeah, it'll be none other than OHL Commissioner David Branch, who will talk about the state of the league after the COVID pandemic. That is a good get
0: and this podcast may be over but you know what never sleeps social media guys this is like getting in on uh we were talking about getting in on crypto i'm gonna start getting in on uh, social media because this ain't going anywhere (laughs) Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook as well. While you're floating around on the internet, not working, listening to the podcast, even though you should be doing stuff for the bridge company, make sure that you go onto your podcast feed as well, wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a rating. Even if it's a two, at least we know that you make the effort to click on one of the stars and don't pull an Adam Hooper and say that you did and you didn't, or you meant to give five stars and only graded one just give give us a hand here we're we're trying to spread the the laughs to spread the enjoyment that we have of the show uh with everybody so please feel free to give us a rating share it where you can look next wednesday is national onion ring day i'm sure we're going to do something about that too so where else are you going to find this kind of information really it's right here for future considerations
1: And if you want to reach out to us via email, you can get in touch with us with uh, your questions and comments for future considerations at gmail.com.
2: We want to thank our sponsors who are still with us, even after (laughs) all the chaos of the previous shows, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics, specializing in sport training and nutrition in Windsor.
0: Thank you so much for listening again. David Branch, the OHL commissioner, is coming up on the OT. That's all for us now. Somehow you got to make it to Friday because we're going to knock your socks off with the OT. Thanks a lot for enjoying this one, and have a great rest of your week.
2: That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the